Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Well, good morning. It is springtime, I do believe. Today, we're going to start a new series, To God Be the Glory, and he deserves it. Now, you remember that um, in January, we went to, through about 13 topics that we said that we wanted to uh, teach in the coming year, which is well, this year, and we said that uh, it's not the only thing we're going to teach, but it will be things that God wants us to emphasize this year, but not only this year, but continuously. And I say that because um, like Virgil taught a two-part series called Being All In. And uh, we can say that, well, he said that for the message of 2021, but then 2022, we can go to something else. Do we ever uh, shrink back from being all in? Are we going to, you know, 2021, are we going to say, well, you know, this year, I was all in last year, but this year I'm going to be half in and half out, you know? And I'm going to be half for God and half for the world. No, we're not going to do that. And the last series we just finished was increasing our faith in God. And, and that never gets, uh, is not going to end this year because we always want to continue to uh, overcome stress and anxiety and depression and things like that. Yeah, so, uh, we want to always improve uh, on, on our faith in God. He deserves it. So today, we're going to begin the new series. Um, and I want to first lay the foundation. And today, I want to lay the foundation of this, this message. And if God's going to get the glory, I need to know, well, what is glory? You know, what, what, what are you talking about, God? You say you want the glory. What, what do you want? Uh, and in the research of what I did, the glory of God means his unchanging essence and his infinite perfections. And, you know, it's, it's really hard because uh, when, when, I, when I study, it's so many words that uh, d- describe God, uh, like one is weighty, heaviness. And I can't really grasp, what, what do you mean heavy? What do you mean weighty? You know, uh, Renown is another one. What, what do you mean renown? Uh, it is just, it's just sometimes can't grasp exactly 
what his glory is, but it is like his brightness. What do you mean brightness? <laughs> you know, I know the sun is bright. I know it's bright outside. And you mean brightness? It includes his power, his authority. You know, his attributes. Um, all those things. It does, and it um, it includes those things. And it says that when, when we give glory to God, we need to um, really ascribe to Him His full recognition, His full recognition. And you know, I, I, I can't really, I can go on about different different things to explain it, but when I thought about, it, I said, well, one thing I know is that we give. And I have given credit to a lot of different things, a lot of different things as I've been growing up. As a matter of fact, when I was in elementary school, and I remember really, really, really well the young man that was um, my sister's boyfriend, one of my sister's boyfriends, my youngest my middle sister's boyfriend, and he was um, a football player. And he was, I mean, unbelievable, just renowned. I mean, he was, everybody talks about him. I mean, he, he was all over the papers, everything. And I, like, worship Cedric Sud. And I can forget a lot of people uh, in my life, but he was one that was so good. Um, and this was in the 50s, 19, um, let me see, I was in elementary school, so I graduated in 65. So it was, it was in, in, in the 50s. He, 1950, he went on a scholarship to Indiana University. And now this is Booger T. Washington High School in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. And, and Booger T., uh, you know by the name, it was, it was, a, it was a black school. And you, that's unheard of, unheard of. But he was my idol. Now, when, I said, my goodness gracious, you know, uh, it's nothing that I wouldn't do for, for Cedric, you know. Um, when he went to the Shrine Bowl game, and that's, the, that's like, like the um, big game after people graduate, the, the, the better ones in the state, all over the state of North Carolina, go to this game, uh, like the East play against the West and things like that. And, um, and of course, they have the uniforms, but they don't have the equipment, so they, he, had to, he had to take his own uh, shoulder pads and shoes and things like that. And I remember riding down the street with Cedric's shoes on, his shoulder pads, his helmet, all those things. And and when I was studying, I said, okay, God, this is what you don't want for me. You don't want me worshiping and having Idols of people and things. 
Uh, so I can kind of relate that. And uh, like this a person like things, a man went back to uh, my first time here at the, whenever I got married. Uh, this this was back in you know fifty years ago, and uh, I was I was so crazy about cars, and I wanted a Corvette, and I got a Corvette. I, I ordered specially. Uh, put everything on it I wanted on it, and uh, I lived on Belford Avenue, and it didn't have a driveway. I had to park on the street, and I had to sit and uh, make a driveway for me to get my car in the backyard because I didn't want it on the street. I had to had, had to put a, a street light in my backyard because I wanted the light to shine on it, and I didn't want nobody coming trying to mess with it, and that brought me another thing is, God, this is not what you want. You don't want that. I've done that uh, because I'm worshiping things. I'm worshiping people. He said, he said, you give me all the renown, all the glory, all the praise. Worship me and none other. And I said, well, those give me, that, that, that gives me some indication of what God doesn't want. And it's hard for me to, to put into words, even though I've studied it, is, is that what is glory? Giving him the glory. Well, it's not I was giving things glory. I was giving people glory when I was growing up. And he said, no, I want the glory. Let's look in Isaiah chapter 43. Verse 8. These are just some scriptures I want to go through. I'm laying a foundation now as far as to God be the glory. And we'll be uh, speaking on the next few weeks. It says, I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. And in the Hebrew it says, I, Yahweh. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another, Willie Taylor. And so, you know, that, that, now, now I said, okay, I see what you mean because he gave me the visual example from my growing up. He says that, no, I'm not going to give my glory to such a such. I'm not going to give my glory to uh, anybody that you think of that is so great, and that we have a lot of great athletes today in a professional level, all different levels. We have so many uh, uh, great people. I don't care who they are. He says, I will give my glory to no one, no other. He says, nor my praise to graven images, Willa Taylor. So it's, I don't care what's a, it's, it's whatever you kind of car you like or whatever kind of house you like, whatever kind of uh, yard you want. I don't care how much land you want. I don't care anything. He said, I want all your praise. So I said, okay, God. 
I'm, I'm getting it now. I'm getting this because you've given me real life examples that I have lived through, and I know exactly what you do not want. Now, let me go a little further, and this might upset some of you, but God doesn't want all praise and glory to go to our children, our mates. I don't care how great your husband is, how great your wife is, how great your children are. He doesn't want them to get his praise, his glory. Now, we know that we're supposed to and do love our children, love our mates. But he says, if you love my my glory, my word, my fame, then you're going to love me more than anything else. Matter of fact, he says, if you love your children more than me, you're not worth of me. And that hits home because I have children, and we all think our children are great, which they are. You know, God thinks they're great. God knows they're great. You know, he loves them more than we do. But don't put them over God. And I'm not talking about in just lip service because we all can say, I don't put my children over God. I don't mean that. Well, sometimes we do. Sometimes uh, we uh, will not tell them what they need to, need to know in order to, for them to love God because we might be afraid they're not going to love us as much or spend time with us as much. So we kind of hold back on things we need to say to them. God doesn't hold back anything he needs to say to us. He just says it in a loving way. And the whole book from Genesis to Revelation is saying to his children, which are us, he says it. Isaiah 42, verse 3, let's look there. Isaiah 43, verse 7. Let's go there, verse 7. He says, everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created. What's those two words? Three words? For my glory. For my glory. Whom I have formed. As Rebecca said, whom I have formed. Even whom. I have made. And that's where our mission statement comes from. This verse here. Because uh, here the context is talking about Israel. And they're his, his people. He chose Israel. Is he faithful to Israel? Does he discipline Israel? Has always through the Bible, he has. Has he abandoned Israel? No, he hasn't. 
Will he abandon us? No, he won't. See, he says that, you know, um, if you be in Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs to the promise. So that tells us that we are heirs to the promise that God gave Abraham, which is talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Israel. So we are heirs to that promise. He will never forsake us either. Never forsake us. And so that's precious to me. It's for our, our mission statement because the mission statement, it, it, it tells us really uh, why we exist. And, and sometimes uh, people, ch- children, teenagers, young adults, they, 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 they wonder, why do I exist? Am I just a, a thought of my parents, just an accident here? Or what? Why am I here? And this answers that question. So our mission is to bring glory to God. Because it says it in Isaiah, you know, those who I've created, those who I've called, he says, for my glory. So it should not be any doubt by anyone why we are here, why you are here. You exist. You came forth. You are in this room. You are alive today for God's glory. Bring glory to him. Everything we say should bring glory to God. Everything we do should bring glory to God. Everywhere we go should bring glory to God. It's all about God's glory because that's why we we're created. I don't care what um, where you live. I don't care what you do as an occupation. I don't care uh, what you do in ministry. We are all here for God's glory. So when I go to the store, I don't want to act unbecomingly because I'm representing the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I'm I'm about his glory, not about my glory. Psalm 108. Let's look there at verse 5. It says, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and your glory above all the earth. So there's nothing in heaven, no, nothing in heaven is going to be uh, getting any glory other than God. Because God is exalted above the heavens. And nor anything going to get glory, anyone going to get glory on this earth because it says, and your glory above all the earth. Because everything on the earth and the earth itself God has created. So why should creation get more glory than than the creator? Revelations 21. Revelations chapter 21 verse 23. And the city and it's talking about in context New Jerusalem has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it. Now, 
if you didn't know the verse, you you probably think if the sun's not going to shine on it and the moon not going to reflect light from the sun on it, how are we going to see? Are we going to go back to candles or we going to be light ourselves or what's, what's, what's the deal? It says, for the glory of God has illuminated it. Now I'm talking about the glory. The glory. See, you know, I'm using just scripture, going through a few scriptures just to uh, give us more insight on what the glory of God is. It says that uh, the, the, the glory of God has illuminated it and its lamp is the lamb. So if we talk about the glory of God, when God says that, hey, you know, Moses, I know you said, uh, God, show me your glory. And I, I said that, I, you know, I can't show you my glory, but, you know, what I do, hide you over here now, pass by, and you see my hands up, but my face you can't see because anybody see my face is that. Can you imagine some being that's so bright, that's brighter than the sun, brighter than the moon, brighter than, what would happen if we got close enough to the sun to look at the sun and say, let me see. Oh, isn't it so bright? Oh, my goodness gracious, I'll never see again. You know, because it's so bright, you'll be blinded. Be blinded. And matter of fact, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even be able to know that you're blind because you wouldn't exist because you're burnt up. You know, you did too close. Too close. But that, but that's nothing compared to the brightness of God, the glory of God. I said, wow. My, my, my. We're gonna, we're gonna be in for something when we, when, when he comes back and we go up and get this new body. That's the only thing that's gonna be to stand. We're not gonna be as stand as we are. It's gonna be a sight to behold. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. And when, when, you, when you break that down, it's like, Now to him, speaking of God, who is able, is God able? Who is able to do, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask. But not only that, he's able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can think. It's according to the power that works within us. And we know the Holy Spirit works in us. Verse 21 says, to him be the glory in the church. So see, the title of the series is, 
to God be the glory. And we are the church, the called out assembly. So God is opposed to get glory from his church, universal church all over the world. Bring it down to Cornerstone, Lynchburg or Virginia or United States or anywhere. God is supposed to be getting glory from his church. And we are his church. And in Christ Jesus to all generations forever. How long? Forever and ever. Amen. So be it. He wants it. Last on Second Corinthians. Chapter 4. Just trying to lay a foundation for the, the series. To God be the glory. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verse starting verse no, yeah, Second Corinthians chapter four, verse six. It reads, "For God, who said, light shine out of darkness, did it do it? It absolutely did. Genesis is the one who has shown in our hearts. He is the one now." He's the one who's shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So it tells me that God spoke as for his light being in it and light expelled the darkness. But then it says that He's the same one who has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Now, that tells me that, see, we're new creations. We're new creations. And how did darkness in the world system How did darkness in the world get light? God spoke it. Well, well then, how did we get light in our dark hearts? Because before we were saved, we were in darkness, spiritual darkness. God shone his light on us. And through us, because he shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we're supposed to be like uh, invisible, let's say. We're supposed to be like conduits. We're supposed to be the light comes from God through us. And to everybody, everywhere we go, because we're supposed to be shining light on the knowledge of the glory of Christ. It's it's not about us. 
It's about our proclaiming Jesus. 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 Everywhere we go, it's about Jesus. And we're supposed to have that light of the knowledge of Christ shining through us so we can talk to people about the light. He's the light. Even though it says we're the light of the world, we know he's the light of the world. We know the Holy Spirit is the light of the world. We know that he's in us, but he's in us to shine on Christ, to point everything to Christ. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. Now, today's message, that was, that was the introduction. <laughs> today's message, which is, is, is short, but anyway, today's message says that the title of today's message is Overcoming My Weaknesses So That God Will Get More Glory. Overcoming My Weakness. So that God may get more glory. That's what we're, we're going to be talking about in the series. Because uh, this is what God gave me back before this year started. Is that I want people, I want you, I want my church not only to Trust me more, but I want my church to be overcomers. Be overcomers. And I, I, I believe, did you say that hard up there today? Overcoming or something like that? But, you know, he wants us. Did, did you say that about overcoming? Did, did, you see, did you see this on my notes? You didn't see my notes? How did you know it then? Oh, because God is in you, isn't he? Yeah, he, he's in all of us. He speaks. That's what he wants us to be, overcomers. 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 And so he was, he was telling me that what I want you to do, 2021, 2021, I want you to emphasize overcoming. Because I have overcome. I want you to overcome. And I said, well, God, I'm trying to overcome. Uh, Yeah, that's one of your problems. You're trying. You are trying. You are trying. Now, I want you to be, as I am, overcomers, and I have the overcomer in you, the Holy Spirit. I want you to yield more to him this year for him to work through you to get rid of those things that you haven't been able to overcome with. I said, oh, okay, I thought I had to do this thing. Well, you do. You're not going to just lay in bed and and. And I'm going to do everything for you. No, you're going to have to do something. But as you do, it's really not you. It's him who works through you who's doing the work. 
I said, okay. I want you to emphasize that to my body. Because, see, how can I shine the light that is in me out and let everybody see this light of Christ and talk about him and who he is, his glory, the knowledge of his glory. How can I do that as well as he want me to if I'm not a overcomer in areas of my life that I've been struggling with for years? Do you hear me? Years. I know it's not you, but with me, years I have some things. And, and I'm saying, you mean you don't get the glory from that? Well, tell me, how is God going to get the glory he deserves now? He's the creator. Creator. How's he going to get the deserve that he, the, 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 the how, how's he going to get the recognition? How's he going to get the glory? How's he going to get that that he deserves if I'm still struggling for something I was struggling with 20 years ago? Because when I tell people about how glorious God is, and I say, you know, uh, you know, give your life to Jesus Christ, and he can do all things. There's nothing too hard for him. Nothing. And we tell people that, don't we? Well, if nothing is too... I got to watch. I can't go past it. Uh, I go out outside the camera. Thank you. Uh, now, how can people believe that God can do anything when 20 years ago I had problems in areas and now I have problems in those same areas, but I say God is more than enough. More than enough to, to do it. He can do it. There's nothing he can't do. Well, why can't he do this in you? Well, he can. Well, why doesn't he then? Does he not want to? See, so he said, I want you to overcome some areas. I'm going to point those areas out. I'm going to point them out. But I want to, I want to put my hand on this, on this, on this. I'm not going to do everything at once. But systematically, I want you to conform to the image of my son. More so. Now, so but but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good over here in this area. I'm good in this area. I'm, I'm, I'm making progress in this area. I will tell you what areas I want you working on. See, because with me, the areas that I have not been able to do anything about. I don't mess with them. I just make excuses. Boom. How about you? Do you do that sometimes? Well, it's about two others in here like me. I don't know. All, all, the rest of you, you overcomers of everything. Well, I tell you, that's good. But this is what he's telling me. I said, okay, God. I, I got it. I think I got it now. I think I got it. 
in verse in First Corinthians chapter six, verse twelve. It says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. That's what it says. And I said, Yeah, I've read that and quoted that. Yeah. Memorize that. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Well, in if we go to, down to verse 19 of the same chapter 6, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are, you are not your own. And I know uh, we don't like to remember the past of slavery and things and and things like that. And we're not slaves, but we are. We're not. Uh, made to do anything what we want to do. We want to do. And Paul would say, I'm a servant of the Most High God. You look up there, we're a servant, a slave. Yeah. In other words, he owns me. He owns me. And I'm glad that he owns me. Verse 20 says, For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. So I said, okay. Okay. I need to do that. And if you, if you, if you read, go back and read the things above that, it would tell us that, you know, these things, uh, fornication, lying, uh, all, the, all these things, it's, it's a whole bunch of things. Uh, and it didn't name all of them. And it says that, and you were doing that at one time. Some of you were doing some of those things. But now you're washed. Now you're glorified. Now you're sanctified. And so, it's not that we, he's saying that you should never have um, done this, that, this, 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 this. He said, I know you, all of you did some of these things before I called you out. Before I'm now process of sanctifying you, glorifying. You know, I understand that, but now there must be some yielding to the one who's in you because I want you to be overcomers and be able to tell others about what God has done for you. Didn't he tell people that in, in, in the scripture? Yeah. The man who, who you know, uh, who he cast all the demons out of and uh, he, said, he said, hey, I want to follow you. No, no, no. You go back to your home and you tell others about me. God wants others to come in. 
That's what he wants. And the last scripture I want to uh, lay the foundation of today in this message is in Genesis chapter 4. Now, in Genesis chapter 4, you know, I tell you, God was just showing me, I said, he, he said, I'm serious, is that when you say all things are lawful for me, but I will not be master, mastered by anything. Is that true? That's, that's, that, 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 I mean, that's, that's what it says. Yeah, that's what it says. You know, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Satan wants to master us. That's what he wants to do. And so in Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse 1, then a man had relations with his wife, Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the flock, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the persons of the flock and, and, and their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Now, have you ever become very angry? And your counsel, you know, your countenance has fallen. I know I have. And obviously, this is not a good thing. Now, we can say if we were back then and, and we observed this, we could say, King, King, I want you to deal, and God wants you to deal with this anger problem you have. Because it's going to get you in trouble. Does angry, anger get us in trouble? Yeah. You say, oh, no, but God says be angry and sin not. So I can be angry. I just can't sin. Yeah, but anger does not work the righteousness of God. You have to learn that scripture too. And see, I know that his heart was not right. We know that. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? I want us to deal with anger this year. In other words, God, uh, is this one thing you're speaking about? Because sometimes, you know, I get really perturbed. I, I mean, I get really uh, bent out of shape sometimes. When 
my children do this or when my wife keeps saying that, nagging me about, you know, uh, why don't I fix that over there she told me about last year and I still haven't fixed it, you know. Uh, Sometimes I just go off. Cain, he had a problem with anger. He had a problem. Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, this is what it says: sin is crouching at the door, and its desire. You remember, all things are lawful for me. All things are not profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not come under the mastery of anything. Well, he says that sin is crouching at your door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. And that's Old Testament, New Testament. We don't want to be mastered by any, anybody except the Holy Spirit. And we know the result of his anger. And God wants us to deal with such things. Um, and you can ask God, you know, what he wants to put his hand on, you know. And those of you who are married, um, why don't you do something brave? Why don't you ask your wife? Uh, and wives, why don't you ask your husband? Parents, why don't, you, why don't you ask your kids? But before you ask them, tell them, hey, look, God wants to point out some things for me this year, and he wants to, me to overcome some areas. Uh, do me a favor. Tell me uh, an area of, t- area of two what you think I need to give to God. I need to give to God for him to work within me the ability to overcome it. I'm not going to get upset with you. Come on. I'm not going to get upset with you. Tell me. Tell me. Now, thank you. Is anybody brave enough to ask you to make that? Is any mate brave enough to say, hey, ask me? I mean, um, you know, just ask me and I'll tell you, you know, because I believe that the person who's with you every day who see you when you get up and you haven't done your hair, I believe that person knows you well enough to know some weaknesses that you want to overcome but haven't been able to. What do you think? I think so. And you know you're going to ask God. But you know God sometimes uh, says if you love me, that's good, but do you love others as I have loved you? So he always wants to uh, involve others because pride doesn't want us to, uh, the, 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 our pride don't want anybody else to be getting on our case about anything. And that is a problem that God wants to work out of us too, isn't it? 
pride, the big P. See? So I just want to lay a foundation today for uh, some of these things that God is, 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 is showing us. And I, for one, uh, know that he wants to do this in me because I want to be better after this year than I was before this year. And the only way I can do that is to yield to him. And I give you permission. What do you mean you? All of you. You'll, you'll see me uh, usually every Sunday. Uh, now, anyway, because I'm, I'm well now as far as where I was, and I was not at church much uh, year before last. Last year I was in. Last year I was in church all the time because God delivered me. But uh, you'll see some things sometimes, and it's okay to tell me. It's okay to tell me. I I I, I won't say, uh, and I won't make excuses. Please don't make excuses. Please don't make excuses for. Um, they said, well, you know, I think you need to uh, deal with the little anger, you know, problem. Um, well, what, what do you mean? Give me an example. When you say so and so and so, so, you know, you raise your voice a little bit. Well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't raise my voice. Don't say anything. When they tell you, so, okay, thank you. I really appreciate you sharing that with me. I'm going to take it to God. Will you do that? We're going to receive communion. Uh, I ask Joshua uh, to lead us in communion. God bless you, Pastor, for the message and, and pointing us to um, things that we need to work on and um, let us know that our lives are for the glory of God and whatever we say, do, think, should all be for the glory of God. And uh, we'll be having our communion and if you please don't have any, you can raise your hand or draw the attention. Pastor said a lot here, and when you were, Pastor was speaking from First Corinthians chapter six, verse um, twelve, about all things being lawful, all things, uh, but not all things are helpful. He said all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power or be mastered by any of them. And nineteen, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? We are for God. And we are not our own. 20 of the first, first Corinthians chapter says, for you, were brought, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body 
and your in your and in your spirit which is God's. So when Paul was going through receiving communion, and that's from the book of First Corinthians, the same book, the chapter eleven, verse twenty-three, he admonished the church or encouraged the church that for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. First Corinthians uh, chapter eleven twenty-nine, and uh, to himself not descending the Lord's body not paying attention to what we do. But God is not just trying to condemn us. He's trying to remind us what we have to have our minds and our bodies set on. So when you go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, beginning from the 12, he says the word of God is living and powerful, piercing through our souls, our body, and our spirit. Chapter 13, verse 13 of chapter 4. And there is no creature hidden from his light, but all things are naked and open in the eyes of him, to him to whom we must give account. 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So the word of God has admonished us that we shouldn't take this in an unworthy manner, but the word of God is also encouraging us that let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Before we take this communion, may we all please take time, reflect on our, our lives, maybe things that we need to confess to the Lord. If our hearts are not fully with him, he says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. Come seeking that we might obtain his mercy and find grace in the time of need. May we please take some few minutes, like a minute to do that. So from the book of First Corinthians, Paul speaking to the church, he said, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. May we please take the bread. as we get ready to take that Lord we thank you for your body that you gave to us you gave on the cross that Lord we can be saved and we can be brought into the glory of the Father we commit our hearts and our minds to you and say Father cleanse us make us whole 
bring us closer to you. Your word says that if we confess, Lord, you are faithful and just to cleanse us from all that is unrighteous. You love us, and that's why you have given your word to us. You love us, and that's why, Lord, today you are teaching us about your glory. Bless this as we take, and may it help us to grow and be stronger in you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. May we take the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. For we take the cup. Lord Jesus, we thank you once more for the blood that was shed at Calvary. That cleanses us, that pays the sacrifice debt for us, that we can come before God. And Lord, we can call on your sacrifice and say to the Father to receive us. We thank you. In Jesus Christ, your name we've prayed. Amen. May we take. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.